welcome to another episode of Trash Talk, and I'll tell you what, sweet expletive all has happened since we've last been here. So we've got to delve into some more futures predictions, but we will get into that before we jump into everything that's going on. Welcome back for the second week in a row, Pete Hawley. Mate, good to be here, and yeah, not, not much has changed except for another schedule change, but we're finally around the corner, season starting this Friday, touch wood, and we'll be ready to roll. Touch wood. Softly. Because this is season schedule, I believe it's 3.0. Or is it more than that? More than that. More than that. And now I was outspoken last week and, of course, I put someone on blast because of the, you know, insulting the NBL or questioning the NBL's ability to change schemes and whatever it is. Now, I've, I've seen a couple of documents that sort of outline just how many plans the NBL have to go off. So there's a lot of plans, but it is annoying. And I'll tell you who I do sympathise with. Like I was quite harsh on it and maybe a little bit too harsh at times, but there is a sort of certain thing that I sympathise with all this stuff. And that is the, the fans that have booked tickets, whether it be the Bendigo game, fans that have booked tickets. Because this isn't the polo. This isn't daddy's credit card at Coachella when you're buying tickets. Yeah. This is working class families that buy tickets to go to the NBL. And on a year where a lot of people's mm-hmm. leave, work leave, has been pillaged, to keep their jobs, you've probably got to be a little bit careful about where you're using your leave and whatnot. So, and there's quite a few midweek games this year. So, people have, you know, whether they've taken leave, they've already bought tickets, stuff like that. That's who I sympathise with through this. It's not the NBL's fault. They're just moving with the government demands. But I do sympathise with that crowd. Oh, you have to. And no doubt about it. But I think there's also the two ways to look at it of you've got to understand of the situation we're in. And if you yeah. don't already understand it, you should by now that this changes so quickly. And as you said, there's so many different plans and backup plans. And the NBL has to be reactive because you can't be proactive. You just don't know. I made the joke last week that... The uh, Mark McGowan over in WA shuts the border when there's a cough. And it's funny if you've repeated it now. No, but <laughs> it wasn't because you saw he shut down into whole Queensland and then yeah, yeah. forced the NBL's hand to have to Yeah, change. well, there's a Brisbane lockdown with one cloud case and blah, blah, blah. But that, sp- if you had told me halfway through last season that this season was going to start with Cairns playing Illawarra in a converted Bunnings <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> You want to get rid of me? I'd probably be pretty happy that we still got a podcast going for, yeah. the, for that matter. So I, I think we're going all right there. But what do, you, what do you think of it so far? Is there anything that jumps out in that first week for you? Uh, I think it's just everyone's going to be so itching to play. I think you've had such an on and off preseason. It's dragged along. Some teams are going to be more ahead with how much they've been practicing together than other teams. But everyone's just excited to play. And it's so close. It's around the corner that... Everyone just wants to see the NBL going ahead. And there's two ways to look at it. You can, you can be upset and frustrated, which is understandable. But can you make the best of a bad situation? Did you talk about the sympathizing with families like that? The New Zealand social media account has been terrific. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, jump on their social media. All their responses to the consistent changes have been great. And that's a way – big credit to New Zealand, I think, as a whole with how it's, they're it's dealing with this. It's across the entire NBL, though. Cams a lot of teams are well. starting to understand that, you mm. know what? People like memes. They like all yeah. these weird replies and stuff like that. You don't have to be ecstatic. And that's where the WNBL dropped the ball to an extent. There was a couple yep. of teams that didn't. And, and maybe it's a staffing thing. They're over in the hub. They can't, maybe the, the money's not there to be getting people to do that. And I think it will be there in the future. That league is continually growing at an exponential mm-hmm. level. That, that's going to be a big dump. The WNBL is doing fantastic things. Don't, get, don't let that get misstated here. But the social media is a pretty crucial thing, sure. especially when we move into this new age. So I love how NBL teams, and sometimes it hits, sometimes it misses. New Zealand's put out some stuff that, you know, I thought, oh, that's not too too funny. I know Kansas done a couple as well, but you know what? You're going for it and you're what, trying it. What it is, I it's, like a, it's it. a little, it's an internet band-aid to go over like, oh, my tickets are screwed now. Here's a little bit of humor to try and Yeah, but it's a fine line that you draw because it's like, oh, I just paid like, 
200 bucks for yeah. a family ticket now it's screwed but hey there's a meme online yeah well that's all right <laughs> make it feel better yeah yeah, yeah yeah or you just laid an absolute egg which we don't actually have time to speak on on this show but there's been a few new zealand laid an absolute egg against southeast melbourne in the preseason i don't know oh, whether I, you know that i like to jump on things straight away do i write new zealand off for the you rest to, of the season to. do i go straight back at dan Shamir? it's preseason they're done yeah, on it. dan Shamir, done. done gone out gone. the door See no ya. i'm joking they're, they're preseason we can't read too much into it but one thing i do want to mention as well scott roth Mm. Tasmania Jumping Jacks, I'll always love that name. Same. I hated it at the start, but it has grown on me so much. There's not really too much we can read into it again, but I've got to fall back on the one where I like this, where not necessarily a majorly known name, which a lot of people were saying that the Jumping Jacks <laughs> should go up. Should go up. Jack Jumpers? The Jack Jumpers. <laughs> he loves it so much that he I love it. it called the Jumping Jacks from now on. But it, it's a name of a guy that is great caliber, can coach. Yep. Coming from that Perth Wildcat stock, same with Adam Ford, coming from that Wildcat stock. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy that they didn't just go out, okay, we need a name. Because you know, it's, it's all good, good and well to get a name. We can't coach yeah. anymore. Well, the thing is, when you're starting any sort of new franchises, you want to build the culture from the jump. And I think that's what they've done. They've gone from the jack jump. They, oh, you've got it right. There we go. <laughs> now you've got me confused. To, but you're coming from such a successful organisation with Perth. You have that already built in you. And now he's got to do this for Tasmania. I think it's a great thing. And I hope they... Build that culture right, and then in a couple of years' time, we're talking about how good Tassie are. It's good. Oh, well, I hope we are. Yeah, because I've been there plenty of times. So no much happening on the yeah. nightlife scene. It's not much happening elsewhere. So you better have a good one good team. Hopefully, yeah. one day a footy team. But what I do want to get into it is a very popular segment last week: mm. shit takes. Now, before now, you get onto it, I'm jumping in here. Are you stealing my? I'm, well, we got, I found something. Now we always keep it anonymous. This is the thing I look forward to most in the week. Now, because I, I can say it on here, and no one can physically touch me. But when we've looked. We always look. There's plenty of bad takes out there. But I yeah. found one in particular. We're talking about shit takes. We make sure we blur the name. We keep it anonymous. But here it is, from the 24th of December. Blurred name. No one knows who it is. <laughs> How many games until the ridiculous Lamelo Ball in quotes Rookie of the Year talk stops? Now, uh. not only is this a piss poor take, <laughs> this is the NBA equivalent of the Crows grand final power stance. That's we have a look right there. This is what that is. This is you've come in super arrogant, super cocky and confident after one game. We have a look at Felix there for all our audio viewers. He's in the power stance. <laughs> Let me give – this was after one game. He was awful in his first game, 0, 1, and 3. Felix has – oh, sorry, anonymous. Sorry, how dare I? <laughs> Since that, he's averaged 14, 7, and 7 and become the youngest player in the NBA to have a triple-double. Now, mm. I'll give you the floor. That's a real bad yeah, take yeah. after one game. Can you give me the floor? Because I wouldn't mind getting on it and rolling under this desk yeah. and staying there for the rest of the program. Um, look, I'm going <laughs> to stand by this. It's only been a couple of games. It's been a few games. He's doing a lot better. There is mildly egg on my face. And who would have thought jumping on an 18-year-old kid after one bad game was a terrible move mm. on Twitter? But see how there's that little 17 comments? I, was, I circled See that. how there's little 17 comments mm. down there? All in agreeance. They were. And I was trying to – I was, I was validated by the internet, which is all you need. You were. But I was waiting for – I saw you had a reply to Olgan saying, is it time to delete tweets <laughs> and stuff? I've seen it all. But it was a very, very And I won't delete take. the tweet. I don't no, care won't. if it ends up on freezing cold takes. Because but you know I, I will why not you won't? delete the tweet. Because if something happens that Wiseman is a beast or whatever, I think Lamelo is well and truly the favourite on all sports betting markets. No, I don't right think now. he is. I, I, oh, he may still be the favourite, but I think there's still Anthony Edwards. Has still I got saw him to go. fifty. That's pretty short. Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, it wasn't Bill's... If something Bill Shorten was at about a dollar ten at one point, and, and the whole in the whole NBA, that's a very good point. <laughs> uh, we're not going down the political. Thing. We got too much of another podcast, but a lot can change. But it's you're right. He, he what he's done, he's come into his own, and he can do this on that team. And we talk about his defense. We talk about his shooting. 
that gets hidden on a Why team are we that's... talking about LaMelo Ball on because a 2021 podcast? Because you had a really podcast? poor take. You didn't want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it was a terrible I... take. It was yeah. a terrible take. And now I assume that you've deleted mine out of the repertoire as well because now you've gone and used all our design budget to put me on an Adelaide <laughs> Crows player. How good was that? That's the power stance. It's actually, I found that out for all those. It's called the Ronaldo. That the Ronaldo, that's what it's called. Nice. Well, I'll tell you what I do whenever the heat comes on me, I, I divert the topic and I switch it. So we're going to talk about next stars yep. and their ability. LaMelo Ball, one thing that may help a couple of the next stars is how well LaMelo Ball is doing at the moment because you look at Mojave King and Josh Giddy. Now, the better that LaMelo does, you compare that with their performances this year, which we still don't know how they're going to go, that's going to have a huge effect on their draft stock. You can go anywhere. If LaMelo Ball had to come into the league this year and done exactly what my tweet says, which I'm not saying he's a bust by any means. I just thought it was a couple of years too early to be really hyping him up. Boy, do I feel like an idiot now. Four, four more games in. But that's going to be a huge impacting factor when scouts look at this because then they have that bar to compare. There was a couple of bars to compare LaMelo Ball when he was coming through with Terrence and a couple of other guys, but it really wasn't, it wasn't anything major. There was no studs that have come out. But the way that LaMelo – and Josh Giddy's got a kind of similar game to LaMelo. Mm. So I think it's going to be a real good uh, thing for these kids if he can continue this. You're right, because you look at other ones, RJ Hampton, a lot about him. He's not going to get as much time at all playing in Denver on a team that's supposed to be contending in the West behind these elite guards. He's just Which not- is different. He's on a contender. Correct. He's on a contender. But LaMelo But Ball- there's still no comparing RJ Hampton to LaMelo Ball in terms Correct. of talent. And we saw that last year. LaMelo Ball, when he, he can just do what he's showing in the NBA, he showed in the NBA. That's just what he does. He's extremely yeah. talented. Lost games here, losing games yeah. there. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it's Paul, he is on Charlotte. But <laughs> I love... We're going to talk a lot about Josh Giddy versus Mojave King all year. If I'm Mojave King... I'm relishing the opportunity to be in my first professional league learning from Scott Machado day in and day out. Scott Machado is one of the best floor leaders in the NBL. And you can just see it. You saw last year, a couple of games, Cam Oliver had his head down. First person there is Scott Machado, either going to talk to him or getting him involved next play. That is the perfect player. I know he wasn't in the NBA for, for very long. But that's the perfect player to learn from as a young kid yeah. coming into it. He's got no ego as well. He's great. He's Machado. Perfect, he's got no ego. Yeah. He's got a confidence, but he doesn't have that ego. Now, I know we're very high on Josh Giddy. I've got a question for you on that. Is Adelaide's going to struggle, we, we would think, a lot this year? Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that going to hurt him? Is he going to draw a lot more attention because he's going to have the ball in his hands and everyone knows that they did try last year with Lamelo. Lamelo had the target on his back of players didn't want to get triple double against him from this kid coming in the, the ball family. No, and, and that was the thing. And you got to give credit to Lamelo where it's yep. due in that sense. Guys were coming for it. They wanted to lock exactly. him up. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you got the ball in your hands the whole game or not, or whether your team's losing. You still got to put points up. His percentages weren't great, but he was still pretty good turnover to assist ratio. Things in that regard, he was still impressive considering the target on his back. Exactly. And now, now will Josh Giddy? struggle a little bit more with the no. roster that's around Adelaide. Well, they're not going to have... Josh Giddy's not going to have, no matter what, no matter how well he plays, he's not going to have the same target on his back like Lamelo did. Because Lamelo had... Guys knew that if they locked down Lamelo, blocked him, whatever they did, it could it, you could end up life. on Slam, yeah. Ballers Live, ESPN Sports <laughs> Center. Stephen A might be talking about yeah. you. You never know. So there was there was a lot of that to do with it. That same hype isn't going to be there. It may be there domestically, mm. but it's a whole different machine over there. The hype machine that exists in the States is a different beast to what we have here. Us talking on Trash Talk or Scott Van Pelt interviewing on uh, SportsCenter? Well, I don't we've know. Seen, we carry a lot of weight. We've seen with some teams <laughs> in the NBL. But is there who's there more pressure on, I want to ask you that, of ever next Out of the two? Out of the two. I'd say Josh Giddy. Yeah. Josh Giddy. Well, mainly just because the fact that he is an Australian citizen and we, there's been a lot of hype. Mojave King sort of came out of nowhere to him. And that's the, the purists that watch all these mm. under-20, under-18 national championships and stuff like that, the NBA Academy, all know that. But Josh Giddy, son of an NBL legend in Warwick Giddy, there was a lot of pressure coming through anyway. Not pressure to perform, but once we knew, okay, this kid's 
good, then there's the pressure. Mojave Kings sort of just come out of, you know, relative obscurity and started playing really well. The the arguments to be made over who's better, I'm not going to make that argument at the moment because we haven't seen enough from either of them. I do think that Josh Giddy is in a position to get better stats this year in terms of he he could potentially get a triple-double. I wouldn't write that off the cards. because huge. Well, because Adelaide has to play in big minutes Mm -hmm. no matter what. Because, look, and I'd love to get into the details of it, but I've assured the person who told me that I would not get into the final. But there is a, <sighs> there is a big buyout option once he goes to the NBA. So it is an invested financial interest of the Adelaide 36ers to get this guy drafted into the NBA. Well, we are going to do a Mojave King, I'm not sure whether that deal's there. I doubt that it is. Yeah. Well, we are Josh Giddy came with that pre. We are going to do award predictions today, so I don't want to get into too much of it mm. because I've got some more things about how that's going to work. But, yeah, I'm excited to watch both of them. It's just a great time to be in the NBL especially. And, again, I mean, Lamelo RJ kind of opened that door even though we already had the Terrence Ferguson's. And, and we in. underestimate. This was too, This is too, like, you know, Mojave King, New Zealand, or I believe New Zealand citizenship. Yep. That's how we can play here as a local. But these are two, for, for lack of a better term, domestic products. Yeah. That we have growing up here. This Next Stars program, all of that sort of stuff, wasn't designed. No. They didn't have that in mind that this was going to be happening, mm. especially off the back of LaMelo Ball, guys like that. Well, okay, now we're getting some, you know, proper NBA talent. We've got proper NBA talent on our doorstep. Yep. And that is amazing. I don't think we appreciate that enough yet until we start seeing these mock drafts. And wait, we've got two dudes yeah. in the NBL that are potential, potential, not going to throw stones out here, potential first, first round draft picks. Mm. That's going to be huge halfway through the season. I'm not sure if we fully appreciate that. And I think it will, and it will hit us when we do start to see all that and start talking about... When we start overhyping guys again. It's preseason. You're supposed to overhype them. I'm pretty... We're allowed to go into preseason. They're going to be top five picks, both. Well, <laughs> dual number one. They're, holding hands up there on stage. The Australian the flag. The flag behind them. It's going to be a beautiful thing. MVP. NBL award predictions. We're going to run through every award. I'm not going to touch the sixth man. Ooh. Because it's too hard to, to be working out the sixth man. We don't even know what starting lineups are going to fully look like at the moment. Someone might choose to come off the bench. Teams like New Zealand, I assume the sixth man's going to come from a team. Maybe Shay Ellie is a guy coming in there for oh, that I sort of award. That out. <laughs> <laughs> there goes mine. <laughs> okay, we're not doing that. But we'll start it off with the big one. And, and I harp on the same thing every single year. My argument's better how this award's given. Is it the best player on the best team? Or is it the most valuable player where you take him out of that team and they suck? Which opens up every single team for that award. Because you could be the best team in the league and your best player might be that good on the Perth Championship seasons. Bryce Cotton, he's the best player on the team. He's the best player on the best team in the league, but he's also the most valuable because you take him out of that lineup and they're not winning anywhere near as many games. Sometimes you can also look at it as, you know, this year with the Hawks, if Tyler Harvey becomes a scoring threat. Mm. A dominant scoring threat, which I've said last week that he has the chance to do. Got a bit of backup on that. Too. Is he is he going to be the MVP? It depends how you give it. But if we look by history, it's the best player on the best team. So, which and is everyone, why I'm giving it to Landale. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a big call. That's well, not no, a it's ooh, not, big call. You, there. you talk about it. They're loaded with talent, and you think about when it comes down is it votes after every game. I can't remember we discussed. No, it. No, they switched it out now. They switched so it's it, no, so no longer on the, the votes which after is good. every game. Which is good mm. because then. Well, it's a bit like the Brownlow, which... I, I had my arguments with the voting system of how it's done. Well, I've gone... My MVP Scott Machado, because I think he should have won it last year. Yeah. Now, again, it's going to come... MVP, I believe, everyone's, as you said, has... Is he the most valuable player yes. for Cairns now that Mojave King is showing what he can do? And yes. I know it's a different sort of position, but they're going to get a couple of points out of him, few assists as no, well. I think so I'm not sure. sure whether... I think he's definitely... More important than Oliver? Yes, for sure. Just because he's that floor general, that leader yeah. as a point guard. I think... You cannot win MVP if you don't make the finals. I no. Think. 
And well, we saw- it, that's because it's the best. It, we're not doing it by the letter of the law. Yeah. Which is, if you're saying most valuable player, just call it best, best player. And, or best and fairest. Best and yeah. fairest. Something right. like that. Which I'm fairest. with you. I don't, I don't care how fair they are. That's just what it good. is. You don't say best player. <laughs> um, but I'm with you on that because we saw you talking about other things. WNBL was the big thing of, of Liz Cambage and Laurel Nicholson, Steph Talbot. I think it should have gone Laurel Nicholson. She was. If you take yeah. her out, they don't make the finals. Yeah. And we talk about that. So I think Scott Machado will be the MVP. He should have won it last year. He's coming with a point to prove. Well, on to the next. Going from the old dogs. Rookie of the year. Mm. Who are you going here? I'm actually going to go Mojave King. So I Ooh. think because of, again, you're going to look at, it's going to be very stat orientated, which it was last year. But I think a lot of it's going to be come down to how well, I think Cairns, he's going to have a lot to do with Cairns' success as well. Yeah. And we only see preseason stuff. But I think he's not going to have as much pressure on him in games because he has Machado and he has Cam Oliver, but he's got these other guards around him, especially Machado, who can take over the game or, or can lead and get people. I think Mojave King will just fit seamlessly in there and have a massive thing to say with Cairns going on to – I reckon they'll be in the grand final. I think there's a young man on the Cairns type as team that is going to win an award this season, but I don't think it's Mojave King. I think this one's going to go to Giddy purely based on the Adelaide team. Right, I just which I get. With, yeah. with the incentives that are there to play him – He's going to load the stat mm. sheet. And whether that's 10, 5, and 5, something like that, and I honestly believe that he can average around those sort of numbers. But I think just it's such a stat-heavy award, Rookie of the Year, and that's why I'm, I'm definitely siding towards Giddy. Well, this is going to be the best part about it because last year we kind of knew once the next star could get it that it was Lamelo's, even though he only played half the games. He just dominated those games. We're going to have a two-horse race, you'd think, pretty much the whole year of, yeah. of the way it's looking like it is. Again, we're coming and up I'll tell you who's flying. This we, could we, change. On, on the topic of rookies as well, the guy that flies under the radar, Luke Travis yeah. from the Wildcats. Now, there's been comparisons to Joe Ingles and stuff. I'm not sure if I'm buying it to that extent, mm. but Travis is a legitimate guy. Came out in 10 minutes, had like six points, four assists. We might be starting. Year. He's a DP still. Yeah. So it's, it, that, that one's still up in the air. We don't know how the Wildcats sort of, you know, how they're going to put this whole thing together. We know that they're, they're not afraid to bench good dudes. Congratulations <laughs> to Jesse Wagstaff yep, on captaincy. That's yep. a good one. Again, it's a cultural thing. Yep. You don't necessarily just have to give the captain to the best player on the court. Yep. I love that. I love that he's been there long enough. Seven championships if they get it this year. Oh, that'd be Ooh. insane. Ridiculous. If you can fill the old Bill Russell photo up. I'm with you with the Luke Travis because I think from reports from Liam Santa Maria that he might start games, which yeah. if he starts playing well, then straight away he's in that he's just He's a stud from yeah. all reports, and he's another guy that just appears to be flying under the radar a little bit, as with guys do when they go over to the West. They just stay out of the Victorian media, yeah. sit in the New South Wales media a little bit. And he's another one who's not going to have to worry too much because I think there'll be a lot of attention from defences on Josh Giddy. I think Luke Travis, you've got Bryce Cotton, obviously, that he can have that kind of impact on a team where a lot of people aren't expecting Perth to make the finals. So if he has a big saying that as like a DP or that rostered spot, then of course he's in that conversation. Yeah. That's a good one you bring Well, up. I think at the end of the day, you've got to look at Giddy, Mojave King and Luke Travis, yep. are three of the biggest studs we've got going around <laughs> this league. And there's other guys, Isaac White at Sydney, DJ Vassiljevic, but DJ's played his college career at Miami and another guy that could come into the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, category. it's good. It's exciting. It's he's very right exciting. Up there. The young man that I spoke to at Cairns, he was my pick last year for Rookie of the Year. And I'm going for most improved this year, Kuat Noy mm. from Cairns. Purely because that ankle injury derailed him and he just didn't look the same when he came back. He also sort of fell out a little bit from that Cairns roster because they started to just load up and started to really hit their momentum. So I think this year and what he's shown us in preseason, I think he's ready to go. I like it. I think he's, he's going to have another, another one who's going to have a massive say in that Cairns title run. Now, I looked up something. I couldn't find the exact wording on what most improved is. And I saw something that said an up-and-coming player. 
So I don't know whether that's how they look at it because we saw Dave Barlow got put up for it a couple of years ago. So <laughs> and I argued, I, I argued for Dave Barlow to actually get sure. the award at one point because, because if you're everything. looking again, I do this with everything. The letter of the law. If you're looking at how it's written, the description right. for the award, anyone can win it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a young guy. I just think the Quatnoy's numbers can improve enough so, to get the award. And we're talking about that. So I've got, I haven't, I can't pick one, but I've got a couple that I want to run by you because. With Xavier Cooks out, Sydney, they've lost Lish. They need someone else besides Casper who's going to step up. Glover and Moller are going to get chances here. Whether they take them yet to be seen, but if they can, their numbers coming from last season to this season could be dramatically improved. Yeah. But again, you want to see how far Sydney can go with it. They, Sydney's going to have an option for someone to step up there. I'm, I'm, I'm still not sold that Moller's going to be able to produce enough on the offensive end to get that award. He could be in the running potentially for Defensive Player of the Year if he, if he, if he well, locks what, down on that end. I think I mean. that's a more of an, an attainable award. The opportunity is going to be there for someone in that Kings guard rotation yeah. to have that massive jump forward that we talk about being improved. Another one player. Oh, just before you move on as yep. well with Angus Glover, mm-hmm. my biggest thing for this year, awards aside, is just stay healthy. Yeah, Because this that. kid is so, talented. so talented. Mm-hmm. Highlight real type guy. One of my favourite players to watch and we saw it with Illawarra. So, so talented. I'm going to throw him in the category of guys that are criminally underrated. Yep. Angus Glover is a stud, mm. just needs to stay healthy, and there is not enough wood in this room for me to touch to make that happen. Well, that's the guy has been so unfairly treated by injuries, and it sucks. And he's come back every single time and still shown glimpses of that. So the kid's got a work ethic. And that was my, we know that. my first thing for most improved was a king. So I think it's going to be one of those. But then another one yeah. who has, we haven't barely seen who's going to get a new setting, a new chance to show something is Jordan Nato. Now, we've seen what he can do a little bit. And again, it's coming from once they get thrown into the equation of Mike Kelly plays him a lot and fans are like, whoa, where's he been? And everyone's like, well, he played for New Zealand for years. Like, you just never saw him. <laughs> don't know if he will. But the other one, I don't know if he can. You've listed it. about – is there any rookies left in the league? We're not talking about rookies. Yeah, but we're still – most of the guys are talking about Can Ruben win it again this year? He had a really bad year last year, the year before, and then one the year after before that. <laughs> but can he win it again from a couple of off things coming into a new change of scenery with yeah, the Phoenix? So. He needs all, to. All reports from Southeast Melbourne is that he's he's a stud on That's, both ends of the floor, and we see Which that. I think we know. He just team. had a his three point shooting was the worry mm. last year. It was just deplorable. We see that in his national team. He's a, he's a beast. And can he win it again? That's a great thing. It, well, you know what? It's up in the air. Yeah. Okay, anyone so can win this. Anyone one. listening and watching, we have no idea on that one. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. <laughs> We've spoken on a couple of guys with Defensive Player of the Year. Now, this is another one of the awards. And, and I'm not taking anything away from Damian Martin here because he was a deserved winner every single year that he won this award. The best defensive player by far. Stole my lunch too many times. But it was, yeah, a lot of dudes' lunch. Should be much fatter than he is with yeah. the amount of lunch that he was stealing. But the issue is that this award is always given to stats. Now, Damian Martin was always a steals leader around that, but it also he just happened to be a steals leader because he was the best defensive player. Yep. The guy that I want to see win this award, the type of guy that I want to see win this award, is someone who every week keeps the other team's best player, their star import, to much lower numbers, hmm. 10 points below their average. And a guy that can do that sort of stuff is either Justin Simon or Dangadell. I think Illawarra are going to play that style of defense where you can really key in and lock on guys. Moller, he can defend guards. He probably needs to put on a bit of size if he wants to defend bigs, but he can do a good job defending guards. We saw it when we played with him. We saw it a little bit last year with Sydney. He's still going to need to improve in that area, but I want the people who judge this award to not just look at the stat sheet, oh, Landau led the league in blocks. Yeah. Colton Iverson led the league in blocks. They win it. Now yeah. that Damian Martin's gone, who led the steals? Give it to them. No, defense. And this is coming from one of the worst defenders in basketball history. I've got something to throw out here. I just thought of it then. 
Why don't we let the, who the award's named after? Why don't we let Damian Martin pick it? He's the guy who knows what defense is. He will be watching plenty of games. Obviously, he might be. Yeah, I still. I don't, I don't want to get. Yeah, I don't want to get one guy just picking the award. Terrible idea. Keep that to yourself next time. I, I don't mind it because he knows exactly what it takes. And as you said, he's not looking at just stats. Yeah, but give it to the guy that actively yeah, moves yeah. his feet, slides, keeps guys to a low score. Maybe it doesn't. it's not reflected on the stat sheet. But people know who's a good defender and who's not. Like Dengadel, I've seen him play in the NBA. I've seen him play here and over here. He can lock guys up, slides his feet, chest, bang, 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 straight into his chest. He's that type of... He's that type of defender where, okay, he might not finish the game with four blocks, three steals, but he might keep Bryce Cotton to... This is a testament to Bryce to Cotton. 20. Might keep him yeah. to 20. Stuff like that. So, so actually take some time with this award and don't just throw it out there. I'm a little torn on as well because Dengadel came out and said he wanted to win it. Justin Simon's been labelled the Bryce Cotton stopper. Really big label to live up to. But it's kind of the same... That might have just ruined his abilities. This right, straight <laughs> away. If you're going to call anyone there... They, they, yeah, I can't call anyone the Bryce Cotton stopper because he's going he's gonna to score no matter what he's at. There was a couple who came down to last year. Mitch McCarron was one of them. And Mitch McCarron now in a point guard role is not going to be worried about scoring 15 or 20 no. games. So he's coming out there with that sole purpose of leading the team. He's going to try and get bulk assists. He's probably going to get a couple of triple doubles this year. That's He's a big rebounding guard. He's going to try and defend a lot. Is that a that's – a, that's a big, big tag. Triple doubles? Triple doubles. I Mitch think you'll McCarran. get a triple double. I, I love Mitch McCarron as a player, and I reckon if we're sitting here at the end as of the season guard. and he has the Defensive Player of the Year award on his mantle, Melbourne United win the championship. I think it's that important that he shuts them down and on I the defensive end. And I think he will. End. But then I think the best... But, but a triple double? I think he'll get, I think he'll get close to a triple double, at least. Okay, you're saying close. Now you've already backed off. Now you're getting close. By the end of this conversation, he's sitting at 4-4-4. Four, four, and four. They're very <laughs> loaded, but he's going to play 30-plus minutes a game. But what hurts yeah, I, I wouldn't go triple-double, and I don't think he needs to go for a triple-double because even having the ball in his hands to get 10 assists, he's probably not going to have it in his hands that much. I think his job is just to be a dog. Right. Lead this team. And he might. He's going to have some big games. He could have 21 night, but I just think a triple-double might be going a bit. I don't think he right. will have 20. I think he's going to be in that other role. And I think what may hurt him in the defensive thing is the guy who's going to come in to take his backup minutes is arguably probably a better on-ball defender in Shea Ely. So both of those two combined, I think... But there's where it goes, because Mitch McCarron wants to stay in that point guard spot and and play the most minutes. Because He's got to be able to play just as good defense, which he can as Shea Ely, because you've got another dog coming in where Shea Ely knows what he has to do to get Mm -hmm. minutes. Hit open threes, which I think he has been... He's He's looking good now. He's looking looking good good now. now. Hit open threes and and lock down other guys' guards. And it's going to be. So Mitch McCarron knows that. Okay, if I'm having a bad night on defense, then Shay Ely's just coming behind me, and he's going to he's going to be the one to play 20, 30 minutes. And we've seen because Dan, that's what you need yeah. from that position. And we've seen Dean Vickerman change up starting lineups of whatever team they're playing off. Okay, we need someone potentially if we, they've got two elite scoring guards. All right, Shay and um, Mackie, you're both starting. Lock them up. Like you yeah. just don't know what can, can change. But yeah, it's another one that I would love. As you said, we don't agree too often, but I want it to be not strictly stats. Uh, and final one for the most part from individual awards, Coach of the Year. Now, Cairns are looking like they're going to have another good year, but Mike Kelly to win this one back to back, he'd have to you'd have to finish yep. at the top. Yeah, which is a very tough ask considering New Zealand. The guy that I like in this one. Brian Gorgian as well. I think that he's got a bit of that history to him. If they come out and have a good year, because people are going to compare it to it's going from last to fourth, yeah. that sort of thing. Even yeah. though they've got better talent this year, far better talent. And that's we know what Brian – so it's, it's going to be weighing in your head. Unfortunately, yeah. it's just the way the award's given. Brian Gorgian, if, if that happens and they make the finals, then he's going to be right up there yeah. and eligible for this award. But it's the other guy who I've been very harsh on in the past, Dan Shamir. <laughs> I've got him. Now, part of coaching basketball – Well, he's not a coach. 
That's right. Director the director of basketball. Of, the director of basketball of the year, yep. Dan Shamir. Now, I love that whether that's for tax purposes or whatever's going on here, Dan, we're not going to snitch on you, <laughs> but whatever's happening there, director of basketball must be a little bit more friendly with the ATO or the... Uh, where, where's he the from? NZ, yeah. The NZ. Down the NZ, yeah, or whatever they're working with. But if Dan Shamir, because half of coaching on a professional basketball team is being you know, somewhat of a psychologist, you've got to deal with egos, you've got to deal with guys... He's going to have a tough thing on his hands this year with New Zealand having to play so many road games. So he's got to keep this group together. And their crazy little assistant coach, I reckon he, just, he might be too much of a live wire to do that. Dan Shamir seems like a really down-to-earth guy. I think that he's going to be the key in keeping this group together. And if he can do that, New Zealand can win all these road games and this tumultuous start to their season, I think he should be. And even if New Zealand, even with the, the quality of the roster that they've got, if New Zealand finished third this year or second, I think that he's a front runner for that award, for sure, just due to all the intangible things that he has to now deal with on the back end. Mate, you've stolen everything that I had written down. Nice. Of the Keep exact- your run sheet away from me before, it's mate. It's you're going it's to get a coffee. I'm going to read through it. It's exactly <laughs> you're, you're spot on with, even if he does finish third with the roster they've got, being away from potentially the whole season is has to carry so much weight because they have to work through so many different things, not playing at home, families, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And that's why I think the little assistant coach comes into it because there's going to be so many <laughs> We've got to stop being so disrespectful <laughs> no, and give this man a name. I love him. I love what he does. <laughs> I, but that's why I think he's going to be great for him this year is because there's going to be times we roll out of bed like, oh, man, like just want to go home for a little bit. His yeah. energy might be infectious enough to get him over the line one time. So I, I reckon, reckon it would piss me off if I was going to breakfast and this dude's just like huffing <laughs> about. I, don't you know, slept? Wait, I haven't I don't... slept in three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I've got Dan Shamir I've as had well. COVID twice. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Dan Shamir as well. Uh, I think he's going to have a <laughs> – Standing here with a good team. Nice. Well, now we're getting into the big one, the NBL first team. Mm. We're going to go through the first and second team. Hit me with yours first so I can just completely copy it and mix and it. Yeah, so I think a lot of people have very similar ones. Scott Machado, Bryce Cotton, Scotty Hobson, who we haven't talked near enough about. Cam Oliver, Jock Landale for me. Yeah. But, it's yeah, it's going to be tough. I think there's a couple there you can cement in and then the rest you don't know. It's a wide open one because, again, it's how do you choose this? Are we going from, you know, if, if Tyler Harvey leads the scoring and they finish dead last, which I don't think they will, but it's stuff like that. If yeah. Josh Giddy does he get if and probably not. I don't think Josh no. Giddy's going to be on the no. All-NBL first team, but there is stuff like that. I've gone with Machado at the point. I think we're both huge on Machado starting mm-hmm. this year. I think especially we talk about consistency, getting guys back. He's with this group again. His chemistry with Cam Oliver is going to be great. Yep. Scott Mojave King, another guy where he's got to you know do the intangible things where he can lead. So I think he's a, he's a, he's a lock. Bryce Cotton. Lock. Can we say anything more? If I had a big prop that was one of those big locks, we'd chuck him in there. Mitch Creek. Now, here's another one where I think Southeast Melbourne are going to have a tough season. Yep. I think they're going to have a huge year. But this is one of those teams where Creek just needs to grab this team by the throat and just control it. And I think that he will. We've seen some good stuff already in preseason against New Zealand. He's another guy. We talk about triple doubles. He's a guy that I would hope to see a couple of them this year. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I've, I've, I've got him in my second <laughs> team. I've got nothing to say. You've got to finish off your teammate. And then we've got Cam Oliver and Jock Landell, of course. I think every, I'm pretty sure everyone's going on the first team. You'd be very, very tough to pick oh, outside yeah. of those two. Like Landale's almost just a lot. You consider bigs. how many games they're going to win. Oh, I mean, we can't harp on I, I'm so excited to see Jock Landale in this league. Yeah, I know. But let's go. Keep going. But the thing, okay. Second team. Oh, yep. Second team. Ty Webster. I yep. think he is going to be terrific. Damn it. I thought that was going to be my outlier. I was hoping you went with Corey Webster no, and then I could use surf because with Ty Webster. We have everyone... Basketball purists will know what he can do and you've seen what he's done around Europe and stuff, but I've been begging to see him back in the league. And now he's finally back. He's going to take a lot of fans by surprise. He's going to have a massive say in New Zealand's chances of going to win. And he this. plays in New Zealand. Shamir's happy to let guys go ISO. You mm-hmm. saw how good Hobson was in that group when he was going ISO. Shamir's got that sort of little bit of NBA style to him where he allows guys like Corey Webster, Ty Webster, Scotty Hobson back then to go nuts and go ISO. 
No, um, and with the shape that Lamar Patterson appears to be in at the moment, with some of his preseason games in 14 days isolation in a hotel, it's probably going to take a little bit to get back from that for a, uh, yep. for a basketball player. But I still just reckon there's a massive gap here for Ty Webster. He's going to shock a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. So he's, I reckon he's locked in there. And depending if he's terrific, terrific, then you'd, maybe you're looking at him in one of those guards, not a point guard, the, the yeah. outside, inside. Kasper, he could be a first team. If, if he's on yeah. the first team at the end of this year, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Sure. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Casper, uh, yeah. you look at Sydney's roster, he's going to have to step up and take this opportunity of he's going to have to take 20 shots a game. He knows that, yeah. but that's the way he plays in the Drew League and he has fun. Hopefully he can get back to just having fun. And the thing that hurts Casper in this is he's a known commodity. Mm. So in terms of to shock guys and push himself into that first team sort of thing, he has to do a little bit more because yeah. he's a known commodity. Yeah. Bryce Cotton is a known commodity, but he's just so good, yeah, it's <laughs> for lack of a better annoying. term, that it, you have to have yep. him in there. Um, so this one's tough. I, I've been toying with two here. A lot of things talking about Victor Law is going to be a beast. So you think someone... If it's going to have to step up on Brisbane, he might have a terrific season for Brisbane. Golding, another one. I think. Yeah, he's Golding's gonna... one for me. Yeah, I got Golding in there as well because the thing and the reason is the Golding's going to come into this year the same player as he has always been. But I'll tell you who wasn't setting beautiful down screens that is winning basketball. Sean Long. I'll tell you who will Jock Landale. But at, the guy knows how to win, and he's, he's going to have so many screen assists. And you get Chris Golding running down there. So here's the thing. Here's just my, my, my dreams sort of mm. in terms of watching basketball. I could, I could give two shits where Melbourne United finish on the ladder. I've got no allegiance to Melbourne United. You made that clear. But <laughs> multiple times, <laughs> people still come at it. You still make it. Hobson up the top, such an ISO threat. Yep. Such an ISO threat where you've got to have your best defender on him at the top because he's going to score on you there. You've got Landau down the bottom. Mm. Bang. Golding coming off a down screen. That is a nightmare to guard mm. from every single angle. Hobson can pass the ball well enough where you got – Landau slipping. Goulding, he's going to get so many open threes and those little curl up and under passes, stuff like that. He's going to have such a big impact for this group because finally he's got someone there that can get him open. And he's got a point guard who's going to get him the ball. With uh, Mitch McCarron. Mitch yeah. McCarron's not coming out trying to average 15 or 20 points a game. He's going to try and get everybody involved. Yeah. So I think exactly. So uh, he's going to have a terrific year, CG. And then Creek, we, we, as you touched on, I think yeah. we'll be up there. And then Deng and Dell and the outside. Oh. A That's a of, big one. He's coming in. He's got a point to prove of that yeah, like NBA. It. He's I coming like in. It. I think he's going to have because it's not like you're not picking a center. It's inside, outside. So it's like yeah. he's playing a lot of the four. It's positionless. Eventually, we, we could get to a point where all NBL teams are just point five guards. guards. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's going to have a massive year, and Gorge is going to let him go out there and do his thing, and he wants to prove a point. I reckon he will. I like it. I've got Hobson and Colton Iverson Ooh. to finish it out. Because my thing is, if we're going, you look at stats from the Euro League, that sort of stuff. Colton Iverson is a tough, tough son of a bitch. Mm. So if I'm going to say that Landau is going to be a dominant force this year, then I've got to give Colton Iverson the respect. Now, we haven't seen a huge amount through the preseason and that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, this will all change. You are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will all change. We could go 0 for 10 yeah. on these predictions. But no, I, I am banking Colton Iverson, and I guarantee it's going to end up on one of those cold take things at the end of the season. <laughs> but I'm huge on Colton Iverson. Just as huge as you were on Lamelo. Yeah. Just as I was. Well, I can't wait, mate. Friday night, Melbourne, Adelaide. First game. Ready to go. Cairns and the Hawks. Saturday. No. Is it? Friday. You've got no idea. No idea. We'll let the fans decide. Yeah, <laughs> you decide to schedule fans. We've had enough. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's all we've got time for. Thank you for tuning in. Good evening, good morning, good night, whatever time it is you're watching this program because such is the media platform that we use on KO, YouTube, podcast, for our conservative viewers, <laughs> Bogut, Gab, Parler. Jump on anything. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>